you not seen that? Hello and welcome back to How the Fuck Have You Not Seen Woo. That? The fan critical podcast. Yeah, that's right. Get excited. Where we go into our lying closets of shame and reveal what films we haven't seen but have said we have seen to all of our mates, uh, fellow podcasters, and worst of all, to you, the listeners. Yes, for years we've been lying to ourselves. Today, on this lovely podcast, I'm joined um, by the lovely ladies of Fan Critical. I have Emma. Hello. And Lucy. Hello. Hello. How are you both? How is your uh, new COVID-filled world going on? Um... I mean, yeah, I've just had a baby, so I wouldn't have been going out raving anyway. So it doesn't feel yes. that weird to me. Um, and I'm enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, it's very sunny here in the UK. So lovely. happy and healthy, which is all you can really hope for over here. Mm, lovely. Emma, how, how are you getting on? My life is full of boxes. Uh, there's yeah, about 50 good. of them sitting in my living room waiting to be packed because I'm moving house yeah. in three weeks. Ooh. Pack them up. Oh, guess what, Emma? I'm moving house in three weeks too. Let's have a little Whee! moving house uh, housewarming party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Housewarming online. Yeah. Um, no, so that's good. That's good. And a good activity for lockdown, you know? Um, mm. Here in Melbourne, we're back on, in extreme lockdown. We're back on stage four, which means I was just explaining to the guys, uh, means we've got a curfew of 8pm. So not allowed <laughs> out of the house after 8pm. Um, it's so, like being an eight-year-old. Yeah, it is mental uh, at the moment. But hey, that means more time for watching films and podcasting, which is what exactly what I did this afternoon. Um, and as I said, the premise of this podcast is simple. We've been going through, each of us have been taking it a turn every single week and uh, sort of revealing what films we've been lying about. Uh, just to run through the ones we've done already, uh, we did Robocop, which was Gareth's. I did Reservoir Dogs. John hadn't seen Spirited Away or any Studio Ghibli animation, so he loved that. Uh, then we have also done uh, Usual Suspects, yep. Aliens, Scarface, and I have to say it this this one for me is is the most shocking one of yeah, all. This is and the I worst. can't believe yeah I can't believe I'm going to ask you this Emma, but how the fuck have you not seen Gladiator? <gasps> it's so shameful, isn't it? Yeah, the, the it really abuse is. I got from you lot. When I said that was unbelievable. Mm. It's quite I didn't want it to yeah. be my first one. It's it's blasphemous, Emma. It is I I can't even the thought of someone not seeing this film is like when someone says they haven't seen Star Wars to me. And I know that's got a little bit of an out maybe because people go, Oh, I don't like Star yeah. Wars but but this to me feels like it's something that I said this to John and and stuff before this appeals to everyone i think there's not there's not many people this film doesn't appeal to it covers a lot of sort of bases you know and i think if you like you know film I mean? if you enjoy film which you clearly do yeah to have not seen Should this do, to be in the podcast yeah i just don't understand how it's happened to be honest i can you elaborate on how you've you've got through your formative film watching years without seeing this film tell us it's not i have no idea i really don't know how i've gotten away <laughs> with this and I wonder if it's like, Until now. because I know what happens and I know the cast and I kind of, you know, you see so many bits of it that you kind of feel like you know what's going on. It's a bit mm. like that. Um, bearing in mind, when this came out, I was 11. So, like, you know, bit violent. You're not 11 now, are you? Not 11 no, now. I'm not. You're that not was 20 now. years ago. So Jesus. you can all do the maths on my age. Um, but 
I am a bit, I am very ashamed of myself. And it's one of those, mm. again, it's like you get to a certain point where you think, I've gotten away with it for a decade. Might as well get away with it for another decade. You know, not not a massive fan of Russell Crowe. Um, you know, it, just one of those things. I am really He's bloody good in this film. So don't, don't you ever He is Russell bloody Crow good, yeah. He's brilliant. I've just noticed in my notes I've written, um, how the fuck have you not seen Galdiator? <laughs> I really miss seeing your misspellings, Len. That's probably the thing I miss most <laughs> about you living in the UK and us podcasting together. Just yeah. um, when yeah. you when you called Brand Brian <laughs> on um, Game of Thrones, <laughs> you'd written it as Brian. I miss Brian. it. I do miss it. Yeah. Brian the Broken. No, that's why I have to tell you guys now because I, I type quite furiously when I write the notes. Galdiator. There's so many spelling mistakes. <laughs> yes, Galdiator. <laughs> Sounds like one of our worst of Netflix films. Yeah, just a horrible remake. So Rotten Tomatoes uh, synopsis of uh, Gladiator says this. Uh, Ridley Scott uh, and an excellent cast successfully convey the intensity of Roman gladiatorial combat as well as the political intrigue brewing beneath. Um, and weirdly for me, it only got 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was raging when really? I looked up. I raged. Mm. And I, t- I tell you why, because uh, I went and did a little bit of research, obviously, as we do for podcasts. And I've seen this film loads of times, but I hadn't seen it for like five years. And I was like, is this film going to hold up today? I watched it today. Put a ragu on for five hours. Ooh. Yeah. Let it sit in the slow cooker. Yeah. Then nice. I went and watched Gladiator. Um, That's a Tuesday I have or to Wednesday. Say, yeah, it's a great Wednesday. Um, you know, this I did some research. This one, Best Picture and Best Actor at the Oscars. Yeah. That is mental. I forgot about that completely. Um you know, so it's obviously a very highly thought of film um, and I bloody love it. But let's get to the, the chase. It's cut to the chase, as it were. <laughs> get to the um, chase. Let's go. Let's get to the chase. Uh, let's go around the group and let's see um, what you think of it. Because and Emma will come to you. We'll come to you like last. Yeah, because it's like yeah. it's, it's your mo- it's your moment to shine. Yeah. So me yeah. and Lucy will talk about it and then we'll let Big you reveal. just scuttle. Yeah. Uh, so Lucy, go on then. Gladiator. Um, all-time classic film. Yep. Agree. And then also give us your blueberry score for this film, please. So this is one of my favourite films. Um, I think it's one of the films that, one of the first films I saw that wasn't like a Disney film or like a summer blockbuster that's made for for kids. Because I was about maybe 13, 14 when it came out, Emma. So yeah, I was also young. Didn't see it in the cinema. Um, But I just love it. And I, I fell in love with it. And I remember for my, I think my mock GCSEs, that's exams for those that don't live in in England, uh, for for doing well, my mum bought me it on VHS. I used to write reviews, like film reviews, just on the the family PC. And I wrote a film review of um, Gladiator. (laughs) I think I gave it five stars and I'm going to give it five blueberries because it is, I watched it um, last week. I know I was such a loser and I haven't really changed just writing reviews for no for no one not published just for myself yeah um just like this podcast yeah well this is a this is like a step up from that (laughs) um i watched it last a couple of weeks ago again and yeah it it really stands up and there's so much that stands out about it that's different from today and you don't really get films like this anymore we'll we'll elaborate on that as Mm. we go Mm. through the podcast but it's just it's so moving it's so well acted it's so well shot um yeah. The storyline, it could just be yeah. a cliche, but it's not somehow. Um, mm. I just think it's it's a tremendous piece of cinema. It means a lot to me as a film, and it's obviously five blueberries from me. Oh, lovely. And I, I, I will say now that the listeners and myself and John and Gareth, if they were here, will forgive you 
for reviewing it in the star system um obviously this way <laughs> that way predated the blueberry it system did. the blueberry system is is a new innovation i say new it's at least 10 years old yeah maybe. i mean when i was the 14 writing system, my own seven. reviews um stars was the yeah. accepted way yeah. of reviewing things but they were yeah. you know different times there's no way you could have predicted no. the review landscape in the future <laughs> that's just not possible no. so i'll let you i'll let thank you, off. you. um Oh, yeah, so I, I set the scene with me already, just watching this, chilling out on the sofa, Ragu sitting away, mm. making lovely aromas in, in the in the apartment. I thought um, you were about to say this... making love. <laughs> Not with the just Ragu, making love Jesus. To um, the Ragu. No, um, it is a lovely Ragu. Uh, this film is incredible. Like, I haven't seen it for like five years, and it's one of those films that I sort of purposefully tell myself not to just watch on a whim because I want to save yeah. it and savor the moments when I watch it, right? And we talked about this maybe in one of the last, uh, maybe in Usual Suspects or something, I said how it's a good Sunday movie. Definitely. And it's a perfect Sunday movie, even though it's a Wednesday and I watched it. Um, but I will say Every that it just, I, I sat down watching it and I was like, God, it's it's just so well made and so well acted. And so the story, like you said, it has it's just a roller coaster of emotion constantly and it's some of my favorite uh, areas of history is like roman history i love i love it mm. and i love like you know watching this see you see in elements of game the game of thrones have clearly taken from it things like lord of the rings Definitely. and things all these other, other other films battle sequences techniques that they used um and it's just fantastic like i was tearing up at the end again and i yeah even though i know what's going to happen and then elysium comes on and i just like oh my god i'm just like on on the cusp here um so for me it's a five blueberry film it's you know there's obviously some t- tiny little flaws here and there with it um but it's just for enjoyment levels and just it's one of those films it's an experience mm. as well as uh, as well as just a well-crafted um piece of cinema it's just a great experience experiential film to watch like just the emotions that it makes you feel um and they're the most powerful films in my opinion so so for me it's five blueberries and now we come to emma Ooh, bit of a build up here emma with us raving about it yeah this is a rave and i will say that you know one of my concerns emma was has this film aged well and i'm interested to hear your take on that as we pass over to you and your thoughts yeah, I mean, I think it has. I, it, it definitely stands the test of time um, and it stands up to its reputation, uh, I think. It's it's a stunning film, isn't it? And, and the cast are amazing. Um, you know, mm. I mentioned earlier that I don't really like Russell Crowe, um, but he's fantastic in this and you really, mm. you really root for him. And even though I know how the story goes and what's going to happen, that didn't take away my enjoyment of watching it unfold um, and of course like Joaquin Phoenix he's so good yeah he is just so mm. good and the two of them play off each other so well they've got great mm. chemistry and I think they do an amazing job of of that very tense very um I want to say violent relationship that they have which you know violent in terms of extremes um you know, there are a few bits where you look at it and you think, oh, that's aged a bit. Um, but it, it was it was made 20 years ago, so of course that's going to happen. And yeah. um, I, I think one of the things it reminded me of, one of my favourite films, 
is the kind of tone and the feeling and the story of, of um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, great Which film. Sounds love a bit film. weird. Absolutely amazing film. No, I love it. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite films um, of all time. I think I've got two copies of it on DVD <laughs> and don't have a DVD player. Um <laughs> Which is bizarre, uh, but I think it was like the tone of it and the way it was, the way it's filmed and the way it's set and those kind of set pieces and 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 the kind of main character. I think Russell Crowe felt to me a lot like, um, I've just had a mind blank. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, um, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what? La, la, la. He does a better yeah, English I, accent, though. Yeah, let me get onto that later. Um, <laughs> I, I've I've heard worse. I've definitely heard worse. Uh, but, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's got to be five blueberries. It's Yay. it's a stellar film, and I am even more Yay. ashamed of myself. Gladiator. 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 Yeah, Gladiator <laughs> was great. So like the aliens <laughs> that came down from the pyramids, and then they all did all a fight. Hail it's a really good film. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So you could say, Emma, if we if we were to ask you the question Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? You would say exactly. Yes, I am actually, thank you. Is that I, right? Yes, yeah, I'm highly entertained. Much. Thank you very Five much. Blueberries Mr. entertained. <laughs> yeah. I was entertained. Lovely start to the podcast. But everyone's loving that because if anyone listening to this thinks this isn't a five blueberry film, this is not a podcast for you. Mm. Anyway, uh before we go on to the trademarked quiz at the end of the episode to prove whether Emma's seen it or not. And Emma, I've actually got some hard questions in here because I've been thinking these quizzes have been too easy recently. I'm shitting myself um, about the quiz, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. If you start asking me people's names, I'm going to be like, Brian, <laughs> well, Bob. There's there's at least four questions about names. So Ooh. you're fucked. Um, <laughs> but before we get into some highlights and a little history lesson, we're going to have a quick advert break. Boop, boop, boop. And now to plug some of our shameful things. Yes, there's lots going on here at fan critical and the most important thing that i would love everyone listening to this to do is to go and search for lovecraft country critical it is our whole new podcast channel which will be covering hbo's lovecraft country which starts in two weeks and if you don't know what lovecraft country is go and google the trailer now and i can bet that all of our listeners are going to love this show i mean we don't know how good it's going to be but the book's fantastic um the 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 people behind the show you've got jordan peele misha green and jj abrams it, it's got a great production team um and we're going to be covering that every week with our usual in-depth uh discussion analysis uh separate sort of cthulhu corner which is going to hmm. run through all of the book differences in each episode as well as any lovecraft references or any science fiction references that we notice in the episodes so stop what you're doing right now pause this search lovecraft country critical and please do subscribe to that there's a preview podcast on there as well as an introductory podcast and if you want to leave us a review on there as well that would be amazing so that's that bit of uh advertising done just to say as well we do have a patreon account where you can uh, subscribe to sponsor us further and get access to bonus content as well as uh, the ability to commission our podcast commission our cast episodes all that sort of jazz. All you have to do is go to www.patreon.com forward slash fancritical. Um, and on there, you'll see the different tiers. You'll see the options. Any donations to the podcast would be amazing. 
they go towards operational costs, uh, equipment, hosting costs, uh, anything to sort of create more content for you guys, to communicate with you guys, to try and build this podcast and make it bigger. So any any donations would be fantastic and we really do appreciate your support. Even if you don't go to Patreon, we appreciate everyone's support. Um, and that's it really for the advertisements. It's time to jump into a bit of history with Gladiator. Is this not why you were here? Right, guys, I thought what would be really fun, because this film, it, you know, it's got a kind of a reputation a bit like Braveheart in terms of the way that, you know, it's loosely based on some history, but technically is an absolute joke. You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't actually <laughs> have any historical merit. However, I did some digging because I was interested purely for, like, personal reasons as well. Like I was like, okay, how much of this story is accurate? Like, or as accurate as we know from from legend and from history that's been passed down. Of course, always by the victors. Let's put that there. But it's um, that there are some some uh, similarities. You know, you know, Marcus Aurelius is you know he's supposed to be this wise sort of Caesar character. He actually was one of the five uh, sort of wise emperors. Mm. He was called the philosopher emperor. Yeah, and he was one of the great thinkers among all of the emperors there ever were, and. Um, he he did die on a campaign with his son and daughter visiting. Ah, so, interesting. That that bit's kind of accurate. Um, now there was also a rumor, like in history, that Commodus, his son, obviously played by Joaquin Phoenix in the film, did kill him. But that's not necessarily true. Commodus was actually sort of serving already as emperor three years before Aurelius's death. But Romans did fear Commodus. He was very neurotic. Uh, extremely odd, very vindictive. This is according to history in quote marks. <laughs> yeah, well. odd. He is um, odd. He, he was only 18 at the time of his father's death um, and he returned to Rome, pretended to be like triumphant, but all he'd done is negotiate like a peace on the frontier. Um, he wasn't interested in ruling. He had subordinates handle all of the administration work pretty much, um, but he did love gladiators. And he what doesn't come across in the film is he actually was fascinated with being a gladiator himself like mm. he actually went in and fought in the gladiatorial <laughs> arena several times but but what people have sort of said is that he was never in real any danger he was always set up to win yeah kind of situation um he dressed up as like hercules he wore like lion skins this is all <laughs> like you know what people say about commodus he did have a sister uh lucilla um and she did actually try to kill him um Fair. She Did he concerned. try to hump her all the time as well? Because <laughs> Probably, that incest shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, that he, she, apparently she tried to like assassinate him. Um, and unfortunately, the assassin was caught and Lucilla was banished to Capri, where then she was executed a year later. Um, I was about to say that's not so then, bad. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to being Capri, banished to Capri. But then but she got killed. So. Execution, yeah, no. then she was executed. Yeah, gutted. <laughs> Um, so you can see there's a lot of elements here in the story. And the, the, the famous thing about Commodus is that people say that he was killed by a gladiator, which is where this, you know, the, the thread yeah. of the story is in a way. Um, and what actually kind of happened is that Commodus, well, this is once again in air marks, because I don't know how much this is true. You know, the internet can also lie. Who knows? But uh, Commodus um, like hired a wrestler to like help him train for being in the, in the, in the gladiatorial ring and stuff like that. Um, and what actually happened is his concubine at the time sort of conspired with this wrestler who was, if you want to put, you know, say a gladiator, and he strangled him to death. 
So oh, right. was not in the kind ring, of killed of... by a gladiator then, ish. Of sorts, or a gladiator trainer. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of elements there. Um, wow. So, you, you know, I actually was actually quite surprised at how many elements sort of sort of ring a little true. Mm. Obviously, you have to take extreme artistic license with this film. Um, and speaking of, you know, points that are relevant to history, what are your guys' highlights of the movie? So these are your favourite scenes, Yeah. Okay, Emma, you, we'll start with you because you, you've never seen the film before. So I'm interested to see what, what scene really jumped up at you as the best. I'm a bit torn. I think I've got two. Is that, is it, is me... that acceptable? Yeah, that is acceptable. Okay. I will allow um, it. I'm not a dictator um, like Commodus. I am then. more of a republic. Do a thumb up. I, the <laughs> thumb is up. Two um, thumbs up. I think the first for me is the first battle scene when they're in yeah. Germania. Because uh, yeah. it's awesome, isn't it? People should know when they're conquered. it's the first time that you meet maximus and he's commanding this army so fantastically uh and there's you know that they're catapulting fire and there's huge giant germans um like the mountain on crack and it's awesome it's really well mm. shot it's really exciting and it's a great opening because it really contrasts with the next sort of set of scenes that we get um I, I, and i really enjoyed it and I think that kind of set the tone for me very much. Mm. And what I'll, what I'll say about that opening battle scene is when I was watching it today, how impressed I was with it. Uh, just how it's aged like in 20 years. Yeah. The film, that battle scene, if you saw that in a Game of Thrones yeah, episode. Yeah, it reminded me of Game know, of Thrones, or, like Battle of the Bastards or yeah, something. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. If you saw that now, you'd be like, that was wicked. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't. I was watching that going. It's technically extremely competent. Like at this, still twenty years on with the effects. Was, you can see there's a lot of practical effects in yeah. there. You, you it didn't you feel twenty years actually, old, did it? Yeah, they actually filmed it. Like these days, you know, CG gets used in battles way too much. But it felt very visceral. It felt very real. It really sets you in amongst it with um, with Maximus, and, and you get this amazing you know, scene of him just like sort of Jon Snow in, in yeah. Battle of the Bastards, spoiler warning, just going through the battle and having little, um, you know, skirmishes as it were. So I, I I really enjoyed that opening scene. I think that is a great, one of the best starts to a film. We said that Reservoir Dogs has a great start uh, with just the conversation around a table. And this definitely has a great start in terms of just, just production value and putting you in Maximus's shoes. So I absolutely loved it. Um, we'll come back for your second one, Emma. Yeah, we'll come back for that. We're gonna jump around. Jump We're gonna go a bit loosey goosey, loosey goosey over to Lucy. Let's uh, talk about your favourites, favourite so moments. So the film moment. obviously has just so many good moments, but I'm going to choose Maximus's first bout as a gladiator um, in North mm. Africa or wherever they are when he works in um, works in in a team with Juba and 
And then he has the, mm. the classic line, are you not entertained? I just think, oh, it just gives you tingles. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? So good. And it also yeah. goes into his yeah. sort of conversation with Oliver Reed's character. I'm not going to keep saying people's names because I feel like that's going to come up in the quiz, but I know the names. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so Oliver good. Reed in this yeah. film is Stop fantastic. His last film, they had to sort of CGI him in at bits, I believe. Um, and it kind of goes into when he's talking about how Marcus Aurelius set him free. And he says, I didn't say I knew him. I said he tapped me on the shoulder once. So th- that kind of combination of scenes, but I just think the way it's filmed... Um, and notably the set palpable sense of fear that I still get when they're gathered waiting to go out and you can see like the guy swinging the mace and just the light through the doors is fucking terrifying. Like you're going to go out there to meet your certain fate. Um, it's just so well done. And I think there are so many good scenes, but I am going to choose, yeah, that, that first fight as a gladiator for Maximus. Solid choice. Yeah. Very good choice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise, see that, and raise you the first time they go to the Colosseum. Yeah, because for me, like, yeah, I've, I'm sure we've all, we're from Europe, we've seen the Colosseum, like most of us have. Yeah. It is an incredible uh, architectural achievement, it is. and we we take we take things like football or soccer you know crowds for granted where you, you go to a stadium and there's 70,000 people watching modern day gladiatorial sport as it were and and you, you take I don't think gra- you can granted, call football but, modern day gladiatorial sport mate well it's what we it's what we call it you know it's just it's our form of gladiatorial sport it's not a blood sport, sport you know? yeah no not a blood sport but like in terms of just you know everyone bloody loves it and you can see in Rome everyone bloody loves gladiator you know gladiator gladiatorial stuff but imagine like like a character like like Juba for example who is just enslaved and then tra- sold to be a gladiator and they rock up at this coliseum they see this building which these people and and let's not forget Maximus has never actually been to Rome no right he's not seen he's not seen this they rock up and they see that building and they hear that noise and they get thrust into this arena where you've got 50 60,000 Romans begging for blood I mean, it's just awe-inspiring, like to to consider what that must have been like for gladiators. Um, you know, and I think they even say it's, like, "It's I, fascinating." I, I didn't know men could make things so grand. Have you ever seen anything like that before? I didn't know men could build such things. Like it must be amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you don't think like that like it's like the pyramids all these great structures these amazing wonders that that man has built for thousands of years of history and you just think how have they done that back then if you built that coliseum now you'd be like that is incredible like and the fact mm. they did it back then without the tools and the skills we have anyway so they go into the the coliseum they have this amazing battle and then at the end of it you get the most one of the most famous quotes in movie history which we're not going to talk about because it might be in the quiz how dare you show your back to me slave you will remove your helmet and tell me your name my name is maximus decimus meridius 
Commander of the armies of the North, General of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. It might not be Emma, so don't start googling anything if you want a little, you know, don't don't Google because it might be it might be throwing you off the scent. We scent-nair. can see you if you Google. But that whole, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you can. Um, so that whole sequence for me is, and that battle with the chariots is incredible. Like it's like Ben Hur on steroids. Yeah, it is great. And 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 it, it's amazing. The production value once again, the practical effects, the actual use of horses, the flipping of these chariots and. It's just so visceral once again, and and I love the way they all work together. Yeah, so and they def- it's not just like wow effects; it actually furthers the plot because you see that they get they come to respect Maximus for his prowess as a general, as a leader. Um, and so that yeah. that obviously, when we get further on into the film, that really comes into play. So yeah, nothing nothing is just for effect in the film; everything is building no. towards the the climax. It's just fantastic. Mm. It has a bloody, purpose, bloody doesn't oath. It? Bloody oath. Um, so, Emma, back to you. Any, any, you had two. Give us your second, unless we've already said it. Think of a, think of an extra one if, if we have. <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, so it's the uh, fight in the Colosseum with the tigers. <laughs> oh, and it's yeah. just so cool. And it's so, because I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was happening. And when that first tiger like leaps out of the ground, it was so exciting and it was just so cool. Um, and he was amazing. I, I just thought even the guy that he was fighting, who looked fucking terrifying yeah. in the first place. Yeah, it's cool. Good, good, some good like, helmets that weird, in this film. That weird Very creepy helmet mask. Mm. Ugh. I love it. Like it reminds me horrible. of once again, and I know we're talking about Game of Thrones, but. Just talking about how things have clearly taken elements of this film, and I know George R. R. Martin the obviously the wrote Game of Throat. He, he he takes well, not even that. And I was going to say the fighting pits of Marine, yeah. But like you know, obviously George George R. R. Martin takes he he loves like the War of the Roses, and he takes from history. Like Hadrian's Wall is actually like the wall, stuff like the fighting pits is about gladiatorial sport. And you know, just watching these modern day iterations of, of these things is fascinating to me, and seeing films like Gladiator now and just appreciating how many ideas they took from these things as well. So that's great. Um, that is a good scene with the Tigers, Em. Very good scene. Um, once again, real ti- looks like real Tigers to me. I think it, you know, I they, think they, it was. said they were real. They're obviously filmed separately, I understand, but I just mean that production-wise, you know... Probably if you watch, hired if you went from to, Joe I, Exotic. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I reckon if, if, if you go to watch a film like this today filmed they will so definitely use a cgi tiger yeah and I- i'm telling shit. you now like and it'll look shit and we'll watch it in like 20 years time and go oh that's really not aged well because there's that there's that laziness these days with just going oh yeah we'll just cgi it. it's cheaper it's easier production wise it's like yeah just just mocap it green screen it and um, also a bit of safety you know they are wild animals, probably not. Yeah, hundred. You know. yeah, but they're trained. Hundred percent. Yeah, they're trained. How much can you train a tiger? Have you not watched Tiger King? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Just on the point of CGI, um, I'm wondering what you all thought about because a lot of um, the sort of scenery of Rome 
is CGI'd. And I actually thought it was, mm-hmm. um, it has aged really well because it never looked completely real. It was always in that quite bleached, um, almost silvery tones. Effect. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it never, it doesn't look like, odd. oh my God, look at that. That's looks like a video game. It, it, it never looked fully like 100% real. It always looked a little bit almost like a dreamscape. So I think the fact that they did that to begin with now, it still looks good. It just looks interesting. What did you guys think? I thought it looked great. I, I actually thought, once again, like said to Emma at the start, did it hold up, this film? And those things held up for mm. me. Like, I, you can tell, like, the Colosseum was CGI and you can tell. But it didn't look bad. No, it didn't. It looked actually pretty good. Yeah. It looked like they might have done what like Lord of the Rings later did and stuff like that, which is partially build a set. And then just CGI on yeah. top of it and replicate. So they're fighting in a real pit, me, but not not obviously yes. the Colosseum. Correct. It's just built on um, with CGI. And, I, and that looked really good. Like, I'd be happy seeing that in the cinema today. I wouldn't come out of it going, oh, the effects were a bit ropey. No. Never. Never would I do that. Sometimes no. I think you can overdo CGI and actually it just becomes too fake. Whereas this has like a gritty realism. Um mm where you know none of it feels overdone it's done it's done to like enhance it rather than as you say it's not a cgi film like based film it's all about the characters and and physical action which as len said they do so well the action scenes Mm. i'll um i'll throw another scene in there just so that you guys you know it and it's the scene that makes me tear up at the end which is the the scene the scene where he's essentially killed commodus and he's opens the door to Elysium yeah. and his farm and he sees his, his his wife and his kid who obviously you don't get to see that much in the film but Jesus man yeah. that, that stuff earlier on with them is horrible like horrible fucking vicious isn't it here this that elysium track like i when me and gaz have been on road trips and stuff uh, and we have like you know, driving through new zealand and stuff we play that sort of music man because it's just you so good nerds. yeah whole lord of the rings soundtrack gladiator like, soundtrack best. i want to go on this road trip on. this is my kind of road trip i actually went to a wedding where yeah, now we are free like the the end theme was played and i was just like bawling like, yeah. as they came down the aisle i was like for fuck's sake this is I'm gone. Yeah. But yeah, that moment is, um, yeah. it's one of the only films I think I've ever seen where you actually don't mind if the like hero dies because you like, he wants to die. Yeah. Like, yeah. As soon as that happens to his, he yeah. wants vengeance. But he has no interest in becoming emperor or ruling Rome as part of the Senate. It's like, no. Nah. Um, and because he knows there's mm. an afterlife um, where he will again yeah. see them. You will see them again. Um, yeah. So you're like, yeah, kind of, I'm glad that he's dead in a way because now he gets to be reunited with his loved ones so that's it's very powerful yep. that end scene yeah it gets me every single time i love it when they go uh they sort of all say like who will help me carry him and then they all go over and carry him i'm just like I yes the, li- the little boy that. does and then commodus is just lying there and no yeah. one gives a lucius. shit yeah lucius i mean yeah. i'm dead inside so i didn't cry but i i understand oh, the oh, I, ball. Jesus. I ball every time i don't care it just yeah it just gets and you that's a great way to segue into 
Uh, unless anyone's got any other scenes they want to mention at all. It's all good, you think to be I've honest. We could just discuss every it's scene, so don't worry about it. Highlights, whole whole film is a highlight. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good way to segue into standout performances. Now, as I've alluded to earlier, Russell Crowe did win Best Actor for his performance as Maximus. Um, I We've talked about Joaquin Phoenix a little bit, but they those two are just awesome in this film mm-hmm. like the the like maximus is just a guy you like you don't know him but you would follow him to your yeah. death like you would follow follow him into battle like he even he's like cracking a joke uh in the battle at the start he's like you know you're already dead if you're, yeah. you're having a laugh so don't worry about it um he's, well he's and honest and he's, he's humble isn't he yeah integrity yeah and he's got he, he's just a farmer you know, he's just a farmer who ends up being this amazing I love it when general. he talks about his home. Oh, that gets me as well. And he's talking about all the... He's like, it's a humble home. And he, he describes it and it sounds like a fucking palace. But yeah, he's just a just a Spanish farmer. It's a lovely home. Yeah, I'd live there. It's a bloody lovely yeah. home. I was, I was looking at it going, Jesus, I'd just happily live there. Amazing. Um, yeah, the, the, the scene, 100%. I think the thing about Russell Crowe's performance in this is... He actually does go through the ringer. Like he's great in the action sequences, obviously. Um, but you you then have like the moment where he sees his 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 wife and his son mm. like just hanging there after they've been brutalized, and just there's just like saliva and tears yeah. and everything. And he's like kissing their feet as they're hanging there. I was like, Jesus! I feel man. Like, like if like, this was made now, though, places. it would be so much more gratuitous because mm. that is enough to like break you. What you do see. But I think now they would Less try, is they more. would make it a lot more explicit, um, which I'm very glad they didn't because it, it gets you in the gut just from his performance and what you do see. Um, mm. it le- leaving more to the imagination sometimes, definitely. as we've talked about with a lot of horror and stuff like that, it, it is more powerful than showing something gratuitous for the sake mm-hmm. of it. And just him, that close-up of him, kissing like his wife and son's feet or whatever where they're hanging out. I was like, Jesus, oh this is it's chill, it's chilling, isn't it? It's a man who literally a day ago was the most successful, like general yeah. um, in recent Roman history. Everyone lords over him to now being in exile, almost dead, his whole family estate destroyed. And you're just like, Jesus, like it's just, oh, it's a roller coaster. Um, Emma, you, you liked Joaquin Phoenix, though. He's more your sort of bag, I think, because obviously you're obsessed with like sort of odd serial killer types. And he definitely fits that profile in this film. You will love me as I loved you. You will provide me with an air of pure blood so that Commodus and his progeny will rule for a thousand years. He's a hundred percent a sociopath, and he's yeah, brilliant massive. at it. He just plays it so well, and he's terrifying, mm. like absolutely terrifying. I felt, I felt on edge with him the moment he came mm. on screen. And mm. I, w- one of the things that I thought was really interesting actually was his um, acting uh, with is it Connie Nielsen that plays his yeah. sister. Mm. Uh, I thought they were brilliant together. Um, and her her reactions to his weird behaviour, uh, I think really highlighted mm. how well he plays creepy. 
but I and also, it's, mm. it's psychologically creepy. I also think what is so good about his performance is that I actually, up until a point, had sympathy for him. When he's talking to um, Richard Harris, who plays Marcus Aurelius, R.I.P., and he's saying, you know, I was never, like, you never wanted me as a son. You've, all, you've always told me, what, like, the virtues that you value, and I knew I had none of them. Up until that point, I really actually have some sympathy for him. So I don't think he's just, like, a one-dimensional, like, swivel-eyed loon. No, he's he, complex. He, I mean, when he, once he kills his dad, then the sympathy's gone. Um, and, yeah, he says, <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, but two seconds I would, later, you like... I would, fa- mm. like, search the faces of the gods for ways to make you love me. Like, he's always felt inferior, and his dad even admits, like your failings as a son and my faults as a father. I do know like all the, the words to this film, all the all the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I gathered, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to insert any quotes. No, here. I'll do it for you. you. I could do, do all the impressions. But it, that's what makes him such a terrifying villain because he's not one dimensional. Um, and yeah, Connie Nielsen's performance also that kind of, she has to be contained all the time. She has to be, mm. keep her, her true emotions for fear, if not just for herself, but for her son of what could happen if she lets her real, mm, yeah. how she feels slip. So that's another great performance. Joaquin's performance made me think a lot of Joffrey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Game of Thrones is that Petulant. Sansa Stark character as well with the, you know, the sort of yeah. the female role. It's this idea of living in fear of these tyrants who are in charge, you know, yeah. um, who you can't, you don't know what they're going to do. That's the most dangerous sort of leader where you're unsure of if they're going to take any sort of wise decision or they're just going to react out of emotion and that's what Maximus is so good at in contrast is he distances himself in battle from him from himself in a way and obviously he's very hell-bent on vengeance but he still thinks with that clarity yeah. and he still tries to make judged decisions whereas Commodus clearly is a man who is so needy and needy of this attention and yeah it needs to be loved and lets that emotion rule the way that he himself rules so and it I leads to his it leads to his downfall because if he was any kind of caesar he's been defied by a gladiator yet the gladiator gets killed but he so wants to be loved and he sees that how mm. the crowd love maximus yeah. that he lets him live when really if you were any if you were any kind of man you'd have him put to death you'd... and because the, the crowd would forget in a week <laughs> yeah. because a new gladiator would come along but he's just so like you said len so needy of that love because he never got it from his father psychoanalysis yeah um, that yeah, he he lets this man live that's openly defied him, makes himself look weak, and then he ends up dying at his hand. So you've got it all Unhinged wrong, Commodus, and unpredictable. So I think we've covered all the bases there. We've uh, given our detailed thoughts on Gladiator, and it's safe to say we all bloody love it, and I'm sure you all bloody love it, and I'm sure everyone at home has extensive knowledge on this film. So do feel free to take part in what is becoming a very, very fun and well-loved tradition (laughs) that is the How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That quiz that happens at the end of each uh, episode. The way this works, if anyone hasn't listened to these before, is we need proof or evidence that the person who has said they haven't seen it has actually seen it. So we orchestrate a quiz. It has six questions. They have to get three questions right to get the seal of approval. If they do not get the three necessary three, which has never happened, no pressure, Emma, then they have to go and rewatch the film. Okay, so there's going to be six questions, Emma. You ready? Get off Google and watch the new. Can I answer if she doesn't know? Just being a geek. Lucy can be a geek. You may. 
Yes. Um, I'm going to put some lovely quiz. I'm shitting myself gla- about this. Gladiator music on. Maybe some sort of Elysium remix now. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, I've watched Galdiator, not Gladiator. Yes. Ah, yes. It's yeah, better be a Galdiator quiz. Just to confirm to the listeners, these questions are on Gladiator, not Galdiator. <laughs> but uh, yes. Okay, let's let's start with an easy one, Emma. I'll give you give you an easy one to get you off off, off the bat. Uh, where? Question number one. Where are the Romans campaigning at the start of the film? Germania. Are you not entertained? Yes, I would have also accepted Germany. Uh, you know, <laughs> this one, Emma, is one that's very important. And if you get it wrong, you're a joke. Um, question you're number joke two. What is Maximus's full name? Maximus Decimus Meridius. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Correct. Correct. I I literally had in my head, she's definitely going to get that wrong for some reason. So you've got two. I memorised it before the podcast because I knew that you were going to ask me. Yeah, I mean, that that, that has to be in there. (laughs) Right, we're going to ratchet up the difficulty a little bit now. Okay, so get ready. Question number three. What battle do Maximus and his crew have to reconstruct... Uh, when they uh, first enter the Colosseum in Rome. Is it Carthage? Are you not entertained? Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that one. It's the Battle of Carthage Woo! against Hannibal the Barbarian. So uh, I'm not going to lie, listeners. The you know all uh, jeopardy is gone from this quiz now. She's achieved the three necessary. Um, yes, I should have asked harder ones at the start, but with Emma, you never know. So I thought, you know, I had to give her a <laughs> few. So, yeah, I um, mean, like, anyway. is it a leopard print voxel in Scarface? Yeah, exactly. Let's um, let's crack on. You know, play along for fun still. It's still good fun. Lucy, you know, you're still in. Get ready, fingers yep. on buzzers. Oh, I'm ready then. Okay. Uh, question number four. What are the names of Maximus's horses? Oh, for fuck's sake. That's rough, isn't it? Um, well, I should have asked this as question three to keep the suspense going. Did a rejig because I thought it was too hard. This is a hard one. This is really hard. Um, Geronimo and nah, not far off. Brian, where you are far, you are Shadow. far. Off. Uh, any, any idea? It's not Shadow Facts, Lucy, or anything like that. So, um, so, yeah. It's something like not Euripides, Agades. No. I don't know. No. no. It's Argento and Scarto. That's oh, yeah. the name of his horses. Argento's so, a nice name. Stupid horse name. He has them on his armour. Yeah. Remember? Um, okay, so still only three correct. Not even super fan Lucy knew that one, so should have opened with that. Question number five. Which senator helps Maximus conspire against Commodus? Um, uh, is it... Gaius? Now we can't see if she's Googling. I know, I well, know, I Ga- know. Ga- Gaius is incorrect, so throwing it over to Lucy. It's Gracchus, played it by is Derek Gracchus, Jacobi. Yes. Give me two points a lot for of, that, please. A lot of, a lot of G-uses, you know. Mm. So I've got, I've got the first letter right, at least. Yeah, yeah. so really I've structured this quiz poorly because this could have yeah, been... Yeah, you have. This that's could have on been you. This, yeah, yeah, that's my, I'll learn from this. Um, 
Okay, question number six. What does Maximus's squire Cicero give to him? Oh, his um, his little uh, totems of the lady and the boy, of his wife and his son and the gods. Are things. you not entertained? Yeah, very muddled answer, but I will accept that. Uh, <laughs> just because it was a lo- lovely use of the word totem, which I haven't yeah, heard since nice. Inception podcast, so I like that. Um, yeah, so Emma, you have successfully passed. Correct. I'm so relieved. Well done. Um, I genuinely thought I was going to fuck that. I blame Len. Six. In yeah. some ways, no, but I could have well. asked. I could have asked. I could have asked harder questions. You know, I had some really difficult ones on there earlier, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that." So, <sighs> I just didn't want you to be the first one to lose them. Remember that when Thanks, you're doing a quiz for I me really in the future. Mm. I will. Um, and that's it for the Gladiator podcast. You know, it has been a uh, like I said before, a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, mainly positive. In fact, all it's positive. It's been a chariot ride. It has been a charity ride, indeed. Um, so that's it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, Lucy, and thank you, Emma, for your um, in-depth opinions and takes on what is Ridley Scott's classic 2000 film, Gladiator. Um, Thanks for hosting, Len. Yeah. No, no worries. No worries. This is an enjoyable one to host because, you know, some of the garbage that we've had to host in the past. None of these. I'm just, you know, some things you know in the past difficult to write about this one fun to write about yeah um so a couple of things just to plug you one more time uh and i will do reveal i will reveal i will reveal what we're going to be covering next in the next how the fuck have you not seen that uh, episode that'll be in two minutes but i just implore everybody to search for lovecraft country critical and subscribe to that podcast because that is going to be an amazing show that starts in two weeks it's our next big project here at Fan Critical, and I'm certain it's going to be a great hit. So, Lovecraft Country Critical. I'm going to throw it over to Lucy here, and this is going to be a surprise for everybody, myself included. Usually, we discuss these things outside of the podcast because we need to. What's the word? We need to vet them. We need to go through them. We need to go. Is this going to be a good podcast? I'm putting a lot of faith into Lucy here because. She's dropping this bombshell live. I'm hearing this information as the listeners hear it. Yeah. So big moment. Lucy, you're next up on the um, how the fuck have you not seen that bandwagon? Um, What have you been lying about, mate? Come on. So this is a film that when we've been going through the top 100 films to find films we haven't seen, I actually just skipped past it because it's so ingrained to me to lie about having seen it. Um, I haven't seen Pulp Fiction if, sorry what <laughs> i haven't actually seen it sorry I've, i oh, know sort so of many of the scenes there. and what the fuck? are you fucking i blame, I blame the, the simpsons i haven't seen, seen it that? i haven't seen it i don't I'm know furiously, i'm furious you blame the simpsons because it's, i've seen so many my... i feel like i know so much about the film because of the oh simpsons and just God. general pop culture but i haven't actually seen it mad isn't it you know i had this conversation I had this conversation with my mum, funnily enough, when I was home last weekend um, about our favourite Tarantino films. And mm. this is my favourite. And it's also well. in my top 10 films of all time. Ooh. And I cannot wait yeah. for that podcast, I you just shameful woman. I know. I just haven't. I love like Reservoir Dogs, but this I watch. just haven't Sorry, seen I'm it. I'm just going to get into my... I'm just going to get my Pulp Fiction quotes out. Uh, I'm very excited to do that podcast. Um, yeah, well, that that you know, this is why I that trusted you, and you you didn't let everyone down, did you? Because oh, I no. didn't know that. I never do. Um, 
you know that's because i lied like we would have done that before aliens surely but it's so ingrained uh, to me just to be like yeah i've seen it yeah no no but, it's nice to do aliens because we did reservoir dogs which is obviously very similar to pulp fiction in a way true. so it's nice to break it up with a bit of sci-fi fantasy action you know mm. so well, i'm so excited um, right very yeah, excited well, that's so next. that is next and that will be live in maybe two to three weeks time uh sort of in the midst of our lovecraft country coverage as it were um so i want to say thanks to you guys again thanks for being here thanks for listening listeners as i said check out the new podcast get ready for that new how the fuck have you not seen that uh, also to say we have some commission podcasts coming out soon so stay tuned for that we've got no country for old men uh which will be next Ooh. up on our agenda so some good stuff going on here at fan critical considering the covid pandemic and um basically being locked in our houses but uh yeah thanks guys thanks for listening thanks em thanks loose i will see you thanks, again man. but not yet and that's very good i hope you were all entertained goodbye hey bye bye, bye.